All right, welcome back, welcome back to yet another episode of the Ballaholics Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Joseph Williams, a.k.a. Good Job Clean Kid, a.k.a. Good Job Jojo, a.k.a. Jojo. I got a bunch of aliases, call me what you want to, whatever it feels comfortable, that's what you can call me, but... Uh, before we begin here with another episode of the Ballaholics podcast, I uh, always got to do this at the beginning because it's just professional for my sake. Uh, to give a big shout out to all the noobs out there, all the good brothers out there, it is, by the time you're hearing this, it will be J5, Founders Day of the Greatest Fraternity in the United States and across the, across the nation, across the world. That is Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. So I just want to say happy Founders Day to any of the noobs out there listening. Uh, You know, yo to everybody that's listening as well. So I thank you. I appreciate all the noobs out there that's listening. And happy Founders Day to y'all when y'all listen to this. Uh, So the first topic of discussion. Well, I'm not going to do the Cowboys. I usually would start off with my, one of my favorite teams, whether it's the Lakers, Cowboys, uh, Rangers, or anybody else. But uh, first topic of discussion that I want to talk about is the man, the myth, the legend himself, that being Antonio Brown. Wow, this man. So we go from Steelers to Raiders to from the Raiders to the Patriots then you get another chance with the Buccaneers and now you're cut from the Buccaneers and you just made a spectacle of yourself uh during the during a game and there's three sides of the story that I'm hearing um one being that Antonio Brown was scheduled to get a uh, pay bonus of like $300,000, I believe it was, if he had eight more catches in the game. And they were freezing him out. The coaches were freezing him out so he doesn't get that bonus. Second story I was hearing was Antonio Brown is injured. He was injured. He knew he was injured, and he couldn't go back in the game physically, or he didn't want to go back in the game physically to hurt himself anymore. But uh, Coach Bruce Arians was forcing him to go back in, and then when he wouldn't, that's when he told him to get off uh, off the team or kicked him off the team or whatever after that situation. And from Bruce Arians' standpoint, which I, I don't believe, regardless of it being Antonio Brown, is that he just didn't want to go in at all period uh that's the one thing i don't believe happened in that situation the one thing that i do believe happened in the situation which is sounds more believable than the other two is the fact that he was injured uh players know when you're you you know when your body is injured and when you can't physically uh put your body out there to compete to like to compete in the game or finish the game one one case example which is probably one of the worst uh possible cases of examples is uh Vontae Davis when he retired I think was it the Bills I believe retired in the middle of the game in halftime actually uh I believe when he was on the Bills retired in the middle of the halftime 
and didn't come back out for the next game for the next half, which was uh, one of the craziest headlines of the, the at that time. But as a former player and as somebody that knows body limitations is is why I stopped playing football after high school. Uh, I didn't want to pursue a career in college or anything after that just because you know the limitations that your body has and how much your body can withstand. And when I see all the the mental head injuries, which I know people like to make jokes about for Antonio Brown, which I don't see how that's funny because that happens to a lot of people. Uh, but the mental head issues, uh, just like anything causing your head or your physical body. And, you know, these players are getting hit every single day and they're in practice getting hit. And then game time, when it's game speed, you're getting even hit harder. And, you know, Antonio Brown has had one of those uh, moments where you're just like, oh, my God, is he going to, like, be okay? Um, going back to when he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Von, uh, not Von, is it Vontez Burfitt? I'm going to say it's Vontez Burfitt. I don't, I don't want to say that's his name. But the Burfitt hit on him, which literally took him out for weeks. Uh, and that was one of those hits that, you know, you're like, oh, my God, is he going to be okay? Is he... Is he going to be all right? Uh, so it's crazy to see like him go on the sideline, take off his pads, take off his undershirt, take off every accessory possible, and then just run right into the locker room and then didn't, just didn't even care because he, I guess he was tired of it already. So, but I mean, I see, we've seen that with Antonio Brown, uh, regardless, especially, uh, with the Raiders, you know, the whole helmets, thing he didn't want to wear the the specific helmet which the, that flex helmet i love that helmet that is one of the best helmets uh we got those my senior year in high school those are one of the best helmets the speed and the the flex helmet are one of the best helmets so i don't know why he wanted that little uh little league helmet anyways but that's another that's for another topic of discussion but but like i said like we were saying he has these moments where he can make a spectacle of himself, and it lo- just looks bad on him. But if there is something that is physically wrong with him, like mentally or in his brain, this is something that should be getting checked out by team doctors. Or well, he's not on the team anymore, but doctors in general. And it sucks that with CTE and any type of head traumas, you can't really diagnose it until that person is no longer here so like in the case of Aaron Hernandez they you can't really define that he had CTE until he was gone and when he uh, and ultimately ended up taking his own life at the end of the day so we can say all the jokes of oh Antonio Brown is crazy he's this he's that um you know, I don't make jokes with that, especially when I'm a very big advocate of, when it comes to my friends, I am one of those advocates that does not want them to play football anymore. But, you know, when that's your passion and that's what you want to do, of course, go after it. Do, what, do whatever you want to do. But for my friends, I'm more for their safety than anything. So I choose for them not to play football. I am on the side of Almost not letting, when I have a child, I don't have one now, but when I do, almost not letting them uh, 
do football, but if they enjoy it, of course, I'm not going to stop them from doing it. But like I said, everybody knows their limitations. And I think when it comes to my friends now, they're knowing their limitations. And then Antonio Brown is knowing his limit. He knows his limitations uh, when it comes to an injury and when it comes to playing in a game. So that's the one most believable story that it was out there for me. With that being said, I don't think Antonio Brown will have any other issues trying to find another team. Now, actually, now that Michael Gallup is uh, out with a torn ACL, I, I honestly might not use that. I am so sorry. I had to pause because my dad came in talking some bull jive. So I, y'all probably heard the door open and then me cut off very quickly. But I apologize for that. My dad came in, but like I was saying. Uh, if Antonio Brown is available for the playoffs here in a couple of weeks, which uh, he is, now that Michael Gallup injured, shoot, Antonio Brown would be a way, way better upgrade than Cedric Wilson or uh, Malik Turner, honestly. But that's just me. I know some Cowboys fans want us to stay away from him because he might be one of those head cases where you just don't know if he's going to end up even playing a game, just like with the Raiders. He didn't even play a game. He didn't even get past the training camp stages. But, like I said, you know, he's still one of the best wide receivers, as you can see. If you have a quarterback, anything like that, for him, he can still be one of the best wide receivers in the game. Now, speaking of my Cowboys, here we go. Uh, Every time I try to give them some praise, give them some praise, Give them some praise. I end up ultimately regretting it. And now I feel even more saltier because on Twitter, I go and say they're the best team in America. Challenging my friend and former uh, teammate, Joseph Rowe, my boy Rowe. uh, I go and challenge him. And say they are the greatest team in America. And here here they go, ultimately folding on me and just completely blowing any 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 ounce of respect that we could have got within the last four weeks here. And now we lose to the Arizona Cardinals. And again, we sh- we here here we go again against these good teams. Another game should have won, should have had in the bag, and we're just we're chilling. We have another chance of Going into the first seat, and we're just chilling. But yet again, Kellen Moore's offense is mediocre to terrible that whole game until the fourth quarter. They don't play four. They only play four quarters against teams that they know they're going to beat. I like the only time I've seen them play a full dominant. Four quarters. I've seen it twice this season. The Falcons and the uh, the Washington football team, which just just the, the last one where we put up 56 to like 10 or whatever it was. Those are the only times I've seen them play four dominant straight four quarters. Now, aside from that, when they want to play real full four, four quarters of football was when Cobra Rush, Went to Minnesota and beat the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota without Dak Prescott. That was a full four quarters of hard football, very exciting football. And to see that 
Cooper Rush was able to take that team to Minnesota against one of the one of the better mediocre almost defenses in the NFL and win in Minnesota is uh and well that was one of the best games and one of the games where they showed they could play full four full quarters. Now here we are. We are of course NFC East champs without a doubt. We have the playoffs coming up within uh, another uh, after this week. Playoffs should be starting uh, next week or maybe two weeks after that. I'm not sure how they're going to do the schedules, but here we are now. We have Philadelphia as the last game of the season. Then we are going to most likely end up playing Philadelphia in the playoffs as they were able to get lucky thanks to Green Bay in beating Minnesota, and they were able to get that playoff spot. So, with that being said, my prediction on those two games, if we do play Philadelphia both times, well, we're going to play Philadelphia one time for sure, but if we play them in the playoffs, I believe that whoever wins this first matchup will ultimately may end up losing the second matchup in the playoffs. Why I think that, uh, I don't know. It just, something always gets me uh, a little, uh, what's the word? A little uh, worried when it comes to uh, that beating the same team twice type of thing. You know, it's harder to beat the same team twice. You don't, there's nothing that comes easy when uh, when that happens. So, Cowboys have already beat the Eagles. They pretty much beat the entire NFC East without a, like without any problems or any issues. Now here you have Eagles who don't have anything to play for now because they're in the playoffs and the Cowboys don't have anything to play for now. And they're not going to move up in seeding with regardless there's not much that's going to happen within the seeding. They can't get a first round bye, so it's just going to be where they're at now. Uh, I ultimately can see the Cowboys losing to Philadelphia in that last game. I think they're gonna they are going to uh, sit a bunch of players. You might see a bunch of uh, the uh, what I want to say practice squad players compared to anything. But if not, what may happen is. God, if I could see it for full four full quarters, I would love to see how much production we can get out of the offense within that last game. If Kellen Moore can open up the playbook or whatever he can do and make it not look like a high school offense with a screen pass on first, second, third down, and then you get a three and out, man, go please go for it because – his offense has looked abysmal these last, even the last, like from the four games we won. So for five, five, six weeks, it's looked abysmal. This is why we we haven't scored over 20 points in, except for one game in the last couple of weeks. And for us to have Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Abari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, 
Michael Gallup, well, at the time, Michael Gallup injured. He tore his ACL. Prayers for Michael Gallup and hope he gets it back uh, to us soon. Uh, hopefully, he resigns with us as well. And then, so for a stacked offense, then your offensive line with Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Connor Williams. You know, it's just so much talent that's loaded on the offense offensive side of the ball that it's crazy to see that they can be just mediocre at times. They go from being one of the better teams to looking like they can always win a Super Bowl or even contend for a Super Bowl to then the next week your your offense looks horrific. You don't open up the playbook. You don't you don't dominate the game at all whatsoever. And now they just look like back at the bottom. Here we are. It looks like another slump. And we're at the end of the season, and this should not be happening. There should not be a slump here happening at all whatsoever. But here we are. Can't get the offense straight. Can't get in contact. with. Can't communicate with each other to get any type of plays going. Run game didn't happen at all the last game against the Cardinals. And the Cardinals was one game I thought we could win because they've been in a slump as well. And uh, Kingsbury is known for uh, having one of those. Every Even at Texas Tech, he's known for being the beginning of the season team. Then at the end, they completely drop off and fall off. And that's been that's exactly what happened with the Cardinals. And now Dallas, I, the one time I think the Dallas Cowboys have the chance to be a winning team, they end up going out and losing. But... Like I said, we've lost two, three winning teams here now. Lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Raiders, and lost to the Cardinals. All three, three games we should have won, and well, not accounting, not counting the uh, Tampa Bay game, but I thought we could have won that as well. But, but those three games for sure, we. Sh- for sure should have won and it just goes back on the offense and now every time Kellen Moore looks like he's one of those offensive geniuses or he can be the next head the next head coach he just goes out and just fumble, completely fumbles the bag like there's there's no there's no other way around it he just completely fumbles the bag on offense and just it's typical Cowboys fashion that we get our as a fan, we get our hopes up for one week that they're going to just look amazing. And then here goes Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, and their play management and time management just completely screwing us once again. Cardinals game happens. Kellen Moore's offense doesn't get uh, anything going until the fourth quarter. You have, it down, you have it down three points, I believe, at that point with two minutes left. Mike McCarthy calls two timeouts right before the two-minute warning for whatever reason. God knows why. And, you know, the last two timeouts, and you don't, as a even as a fan, you know not to call two timeouts before the two-minute warning. Why are we doing this? Who knows? But, and Mike McCarthy said he thought that was the, the thing to do. Then, you have a clear, you have a clear fumble on the field, then you can't even challenge it because you have no timeouts now. 
which would have been one of the turning points of the game. But here you go. Mike McCarthy used the two timeouts that we had within before the two-minute warning. Then you can't even call a timeout at all. So whatever went through their head during that time and that whatever that time frame of time, it's like, God, what, like, did you, are you a head coach? Are you an offensive coordinator at all? Because it makes no sense as to why we lose that game in that fashion. It's typical Cowboys fashion, how we lost the game. And for the offense to finally get settled in within the fourth quarter, and then you think you can have time to make the com- make the comeback, here we go. You get you get the play of the game to turn the, to turn the ball over, and get the get the offense the ball back as the defense always usually does. Now you have no timeouts, and you're that. And now you Arizona is able to freaking uh, take a knee in in the game with that play because now Mike McCarthy has no timeouts. So, in typical Cowboys fashion, it is one of the worst feelings, as always, to know that your team can be so good. It's so good, but every time it's just completely wasted. Like with Jason Garrett, all the talent we have from Des Bryant, Cole Beasley, DeMarco Murray, uh, that offensive line was incredible. Then you, uh, let me think, who else? Des Bryant, Tony Romo, Cole Beasley, Jason Witten, DeMarco Murray, uh, Brandon Carr, Morris Claiborne. Shoot, there's a lot of people that have came up in that Jason Garrett area for ten years that have had their whole like complete their whole prime completely wasted. But I mean, what can you do? This is why I know this is why everybody looks at Cowboys fans as we're one of the most annoying fan bases, but at the end of the day, you want your team to go to the Super Bowl regardless. That's that's at the end of the t- at the end of the thing at the end of the day. Excuse me. You want your team to go into the playoffs, and you want them to go to a Super Bowl. No, no team, no player in the NFL, unless you just honestly just care about money. No player in the NFL does not want to win a championship ring. When their career is over, everybody wants to win a ring, regardless. Now, luckily for me, I shoot. I might not ever see a Cowboys uh, Super Bowl ever, but knock on wood. But luckily for me, I do have my Lakers, who are are champions almost in every decade, close near every decade that I've been alive. Should I say I've seen them in two thousands. The 2010s, well, and the end of the 2010s, uh, well, not even the end, the beginning of 2010s, because they won in 2009, and then the next decade happened. Uh, so tw- 2000s, 2010s, and then 2020, I saw them win a championship. So luckily for me, I have my championship fixed, but let's say you're a Cowboys fan and you're a Wizards fan or something like that, and you, you know it's a team that's never going to win a championship. So Cowboys have to do something to get it together and be able to win a championship here 
I don't know how long it's going to take, but hopefully, like, my lifetime and whatever time I make it to or whatever year I make it to, that they end up winning the championship. And I know for sure, whenever they go to the Super Bowl, if that happens, that's going to be my one time to go to a Super Bowl. I might not ever, ever see a Super Bowl ever in my life until the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. In, like, in-person, should I say. But enough for the Cowboys talk. Enough of football talk. It's time to look at what my Lakers have done. Now, my last podcast, the Lakers were the worst of the worst. They're still the worst of the worst. But in that time frame, as I was saying, Malik Monk... Second best player has come alive. He's averaging 20 points per game, over 40% shooting uh, from the from the field, and over 30% from the three within the last, I think, like four or five games. And aside from just Malik Monk being who he is, some of y'all call him the GOAT. I don't, I'm not going to call him the GOAT yet, but some of y'all call him the GOAT. Some of y'all favorite players, the most bandwagon player when it comes to people flopping teams, switch swapping, switch swapping teams, but without a shadow of a doubt, we know that regardless of any whatever happens, LeBron James, LeBron James is going to be the best player on the Lakers for a while. Like within within from here to his retirement. Whenever that may be, he's going to be the best player on the team without a shadow of a doubt. For him to still be averaging 28, 7, not even, I'm going to round that up, uh, 28, 8, and 7. So 28 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists at 37 years old is ridiculous like what what player in their right mind other than lebron james has the ability to do this i i don't even know if i've even seen anything like this and the last two game the last almost like six games i believe he's averaged over he he scored over 30 points in the last of the the last couple of games here and for LeBron to be able to do this night in, night out, it's like, bro, what you want? Like, you ever heard that story of uh, Amon Shumper telling about Kobe when he thought he was regular? Like, bro, what you want, bro? What you want, bro? So let, let's look. I'm looking at his stats right now. So from... What is this? From... Let's see. From December 19th to December 31st, he's had 30 points. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. That's seven games in that time frame. He's had over 30 points. So starting with the Bulls, he had 31. Phoenix, he had 34. San Antonio, he had 36. 
Brooklyn, he had 39. Houston, he had 32. Memphis, he had 37. And Portland, he had 43. That is literally ridiculous. And out of those games, he's only won two games. Let that sink in. LeBron can have 30 points in nine or seven games, excuse me, that I said, and only win two of them. Now, when have we ever seen where LeBron goes on a streak of 30 points per game and only win two games in that span of games? I don't think I've ever seen that happen in my in my entire time of watching basketball and uh, just watching LeBron as well. And of course, like I said, we had everything from sun up to sundown that happened within this team: COVID, injuries, everything, rotation lineups, switching players, leaving players, going in and out here and there. Uh. I just don't know what more else like you could say about LeBron at this point in his career. For being 37 years old, then you're basically getting no help unless it's Malik Monk. Anthony Davis is hurt for another two weeks, I believe, here, or maybe one more week. But, you know, what more can you say? But other than that, looking at this roster, we made a big trade. Well, not even a big trade, but another trade to get rid of one of the sorry players on the team that, wasn't really doing anything. Didn't need to be on the didn't need to be on the team at all. But like I said, it's one of those for for the roster or for the for the for the for the culture type of people. Rondo, he had no no impact on the team this year. Um, he's going to Cleveland. We traded him for Denzel Valentine. They traded Denzel Valentine for a. Uh, cash consideration and a and that opened up a roster spot for us in case we needed it again. But Rondo, not sad to see you go. You didn't. We didn't need you at all here. There was no point in you being here on again, honestly. But I'm not the front office here again. Uh, like I said, but if we're gonna make if we're gonna make the roster spot, you might as well sign Stanley Johnson, who I I personally like as a player. He's not one of the biggest offensive scorers but he is one of the better defenders the only thing that has been bad about Stanley and this new lineup that we have of no centers uh, and LeBron playing centers is the rebounding if we can somehow figure out a way to our uh, not we but if coach Vogel can somehow find a way to make these players go up for rebounds and get offensive rebounds or even a defensive rebound at that, which you should be doing already. That would be very impactful to where Stanley Johnson can stand in the uh, rotation and where he can stay at in the rotation because he's doing a great job of being a defender, perimeter defender, and a uh, paint defender, which he mainly is more of a perimeter defender than a paint defender, but now that we have no center, uh, no center lineup, he's doing his best at doing being in the paint and doing what he can there. But I hope that he gets his uh, position or he gets his spot in the rotation and gets that last uh, that open roster spot now, and that we were able to keep uh, keep him on the team. 
because he's one of those players we will need later on now that we have no defenders really on the team. Uh, if we could get rid of one more person in a trade somehow, if I don't know who would want to pick up Kent Bazemore, but if somebody wants to take Kent Bazemore off our hands, who's not doing anything either, please please be uh feel feel free to go ahead and take him off the uh take him off the Lakers uh payroll and take him off the uh Lakers uh roster. So uh Kent Bazemore can get up out of here. In some way somehow that would be very helpful. But at the end of the day, another episode's done. Another episode of the Ballaholics podcast done. I am most likely going to have a special guest. I'm going to get in contact with my boy Ro after this week uh, to see if he can get on. Uh, we're going to try to. I'm going to try to do a. Uh, I'm going to try to do a a uh, NFL playoff rundown of where we're going to think teams are going to go. Then ultimately, who's going to win the Super Bowl? And at that point, uh, just to have somebody else new have another voice on here. So I'm going to get in contact with my boy Ro because he was, he was talking a lot of mess about my Cowboys. So I'm going to get in contact with him. Then uh, before I was interrupted, and when you heard probably the door open and my dad come in, he wants to get on too. So we'll probably have some more guests. And then I know my boy Austin wants to get on here too. So I'm going to have a couple of guests here get on uh, so you guys can have a fresh voice and have somebody else else's opinions. That way you don't have to just sit here and think, oh, he's being biased towards these teams, even though I'm not really trying to be biased, but I try to keep it evenly, uh, I don't even know what the word, evenly situated, I guess is what I want to say, and making sure that I'm not biased for not talking about my favorite teams, because I, I only cover really my teams when it comes to sports, but if anything else happens outside of those teams, I will cover it as well, of course, but, but yeah, so... I'm going to try to work on getting those uh, those new voices on here. That way you guys can have something else to listen to. But if you made it this far, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining in and tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast at. I'm on everywhere, I'm everywhere you can think of. Wherever you want to find your podcast, go ahead and look for the Volaholics Podcast. And once again, I'm your host with the most, Joseph Williams. Thank you. I appreciate you. Make sure to comment like subscribe and do whatever needs to be done to make this podcast grow so i thank you i appreciate you for your time and once again i'm out